News Talk 1070 KHMO presents On the Mark with Mark Hespin. News Talk 1070 KHMO presents On the Mark with Mark Hespin. On the Mark is powered by Cunis Country Honda Hyundai, your number one Honda and Hyundai dealer in the tri-state area at 221 North 36th Street, Quincy. Faith, family, and giving back. That's Cunis Country. And now, here's Mark Hespin. Good morning, Tri-States, and wherever you may be listening on the News Talk 1070 KHMO app, this is On The Mark. I am Mark Hespin, brought to you by Cunis Honda Hyundai, your number one Honda and Hyundai dealer in the Tri-State area. 221 North 36th Street in Quincy Faith. Family giving back, that's Cunis Honda Hyundai. Tell them Mark sent you. Ask them about that complimentary lifetime powertrain warranty on new and use vehicles. Uh, it is a different show today because I am joined in studio with uh, my good friend, David Amelotti. Hello, David. I really appreciate you sacrificing the quality of your show <laughs> so I can spend an hour with my friend. This no, is, I'm spoiled. It is not the quality. The quality is going to be better today because <laughs> of you being here. Uh, David is going to be with us all show long. So we're just going to kind of go through uh, still kind of normal format. We have our two main headlines, Hespin Headline 1 and 2. Uh, we'll take our breaks, but um, really an open, open more discussion just to be able to have someone in here like you, who I know follows it. I got no baseball on on tap. I'm surprised because that's going to ramp up on April 7th. You know what? I, we should maybe squeeze in some baseball. That's a, like a religious holiday in the Midwest. How do you not have baseball a week out? You know what? Opening day, man. It's because I, you know me. As soon as there's even a football story, I'm like, football, 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 football. Well, sure. Well, Kansas City gave you that. Okay. <laughs> they certainly did the own, at the owners' meetings. All right. Uh, let's jump into it. Hespin headline number one. Hespin's headlines on the mark. All right, David. So our first headline, obviously, Final Four weekend. Uh, we have uh, what is uh, going to be an incredible slate of games tonight. Uh, number two, Villanova versus number one, Kansas. Number eight, UNC versus number one, Duke. That's the headliner. Um, first off, let me just ask you, what have you thought of the tournament so far? This is probably the most engaged I've been in the last several years, and I think that yeah. part of that's because we're coming out of the pandemic and so still have some time to watch more of the tournaments. I think the quality of play has been at a higher level. We've had some really Agreed. fun storylines. Um, I like the, you know, we, we get to the Elite Eight and we're joking about how many Blue Bloods are there and we're including St. Peter's in that conversation. <laughs> the, it was great to see that team. Yeah. Uh, the when they get to the point where they win that first game and then they win that second game and you're seeing the players think to themselves, we can actually make a run and the yeah. excitement of the coach, that was really the fun to follow out. I am a Coach K fan. You could maybe even say, like, I'm a lover of Coach K. I <laughs> really enjoy his coaching approach. And so that's kind of like the team that I'm following to the very end, hoping that they win it. Well, you know what? I'll, I'll say this about St. Peter's. You know, whenever, a, uh, whenever you get a Cinderella story, what do you always say? You know, hey – 99 times out of 100, Kentucky beats, you know, St. Peter's. Sure. And then when St. Peter's gets destroyed by UNC, that's one of those games you sit there and go, okay, that's one of the other 99 games, right? (laughs) It literally felt like, oh, wow, it's maybe 530. We just hit midnight. Cinderella's waking up. No, and and it's absolutely true, but that's that's also what the tournament gets you. You know what I mean? Like the one St. Peter's dud versus UNC to me, does not nearly outweigh the fun that they bring you for the rest of the tournament. If the tournament went the way we all thought it would, it wouldn't be half as fun. The whole point is the upset and the surprise storyline. Absolutely. So um, let's talk a little bit. I mean, obviously, I agree with you. Duke UNC, I mean, it's the headliner. It's what everyone's excited for. Villanova, Kansas, any thoughts on this game? I mean, to me, 
The biggest thing is um, Moore. Uh, you know, Villanova loses their second leading scorer in Moore. Torn Achilles out for the season. Uh, and, and, you know, Torn Achilles, you know, did some year of rehab and, and, and getting back at least, at least what we saw with Clay Thompson is recently. Um, Villanova is the type of team, though, that is funny because they, they're the newest of the Blue Bloods. But their success is recent. And, you know, the the 2016-2018 wins, um, Jay Wright, an incredible coach. I still don't like that. I don't get to see Jay Wright in a suit. I don't. I think it's he should just always be in a suit. I agree. All coaches I don't, I don't should like all be in a suit. Jay Wright in a sweatsuit. Uh, but then, obviously, <laughs> Kansas is Kansas. And, you know, Kansas has what Kansas always has, two really athletic forwards who can score. Uh, and then they have, you know, incredible guard play and a Hall of Fame coach. Um, so before we, you know, jump into UNC and Duke and spend more time on it, thoughts on Villanova, Kansas? Well, you got to look at Remy Martin, too. Yeah. You know, and when I look at Kansas, I think what we're seeing, and maybe you could say this last year, but you're seeing the power of the transfer portal in yeah. full effect, right? So now you're seeing a guy who comes from the Pac-12. Now he's having success with Kansas. This is one of those situations where you could see a 20-point win over Villanova. As much as I think a lot of people are rooting for an upset between you know having Villanova come out, yeah. I think Kansas City has the opportunity to come out here with the seating and just blow them out of the water and have a double-digit win, which I think a lot of people are thinking maybe this game is decided between four to seven points. I, I think that there's a real potential here for Kansas City to run away with, or Kansas, I should say. Yeah. No, I, I, I tend to agree. If there's going to be a blowout, it seems definitely like it would be a Kansas blowout. But I agree with you. The, the transfer portal thing is such a, a interesting point, too, because this is the first time in recent memory that we're – you know, obviously, really seeing the effects of the transfer portal, portal. But the first time ever, you've seen those graphics where Manic is a great example of that. They like to show him because of the hair yep. for North Carolina, the forward. But it's like, oh yeah, as casual fans, like that was a guy who was in the Big Twelve. He was an Oklahoma guy who's now spending the very end of his career and in UNC, and he's playing really, really well. And again, this is what scares me. If I'm a Duke fan, is when you are still in the one-and-done era, the transfer portal era seems like it's now we're in this kind of meeting of the two eras colliding. So, you know, when everyone asks me, like, okay, well, what do you think of Duke? Well, the op- there's only one obvious answer. Duke is the most talented team in the country. They are certainly the most talented team in the Final Four. They are the team that will have the most players drafted playing in the NBA. But does that make them the best team at playing basketball. You've got a bunch of younger kids versus guys like UNC has people who have been there, done that, veteran guys. The difference between an 18-year-old Paolo Benchera and a 22-year-old Manic and the experience, I mean, it, it is. It's, it's, it's drastic. And you see that, uh, you're right, with Kansas through the transfer portal as well. Uh, but Kansas also has, um, to me, what you need to be successful in March Madness. Villanova has it as well with Con Gillespie, but you need guard play. Right. And, uh, and I always butcher his name, but uh, A-G-B-A-J-I. Agbaji? Yeah. Uh, the guard. I mean, terrific. And he's not afraid to shoot the three. Uh, Villanova, I just don't know where they're going to get their scoring from. That's that's my that's my concern with Villanova. I would be concerned that Villanova has a more difficult time trying to drive the lane, which is something that they've been successful with up yeah. until this point. But I just think that when you get to a Kansas, that level of defense is a lot higher. Oh. I think they're going to have to be. I think they're going to be forced to take shots from deep, yeah. and I'm not sure if they're going to be able to make that happen with the pressure of a Final Four game, trying to get to the championship <laughs> game. It's you know, and maybe I'm yeah. just 
using what happened at St. Peter's against them. At some point, I feel everyone's luck is going to run out. Who's yeah. going to be? It's almost going to be a villain that maybe wins this year, in my point of view. But that's because well, the team that I'm rooting for. Yes, the villain. Well, that is not true. That is <laughs> a healthy organization. That that team is, you know, really empowers the student athletes. You know, we really need to give yeah. Duke more credit. I think. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, well, let, let, good I, tradition. So, are you taking Kansas? I, I'm taking Kansas, and I'm going to take Kansas by 15. I'll take Kansas. I think it's close to that, but I'll take Kansas as well over Villanova. You listen on the Mark News Talk 1070 KHMO, the KHMO app. Uh, joined here with David Amalotti, special guest in studio. Really rare that I get to do shows like this. It's episode 129. I think it's only the second or third time that we've had a guest all the way through, so it's a lot of fun for me. Um, let's go to it. Duke UNC. Obviously, to me, it's such a fascinating matchup. You have um, Manic. You have uh, Baycott, uh, the forwards for UNC, and then you have Love. To me, Love is the is the factor that's going to be tough to overcome for Duke if he gets hot because Love is that t- is that typical Kansas guard. Reminds me of Lawson from years sure. ago, slightly undersized, but absolutely zero um, uh, concern about jacking up threes. Right, and if he gets hot and hits a couple threes, he's the type of guy that confidence overflows. And Duke, for all the talent that they have, I don't know where they hit their threes from. You know, they 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 only shot ten threes in the in the game against Arkansas. They were four for ten, and Paolo Banchero himself was one for two. Like, and I don't love your, the forwards for Duke spending that much time on the wing jacking up threes. So that is a concern for me going into this game. Uh, before I, you know, kind of let in, unleash all my other thoughts and my emotional side of Duke UNC, what, when you look at it, what do you feel? To me, the conversation with Duke has to be, how do you shut down Manic? Yeah. You can't have the mentality, well, we can't, so we just need to double, like, we, we just need to move on from that. Like, you have to address him. That UNC game, I think yeah. it was March 5th, when UNC comes into Duke's house to close out the regular season, Coach K's final home game, yeah. Manic was unstoppable. They had no answer. And also, when you're watching that game, Duke did not have the ability to drive to the basket. No. You saw them forced out 12 feet or beyond. Now, that has changed in, in, in the tournament. They have. Now they've got speed. You see Paolo driving in there. There is incredible footwork in the lane, and you're seeing them get to the basket, and you're seeing the attempts from beyond the arc go down. I think that's a strategy. They've got really good wing shooters. Like, maybe just let them do that. Don't force that shot. Yeah. You know, you're seeing some guys who have the ability to take those those really deep threes. That's obviously the, the trend, not just college, but obviously because of what we've seen in the NBA. But it seems when Duke is doing its best, it is when they are using their smaller size yeah. to their advantage and weaving in. You're talking about a team that maybe averages, what, 6'2", six, 6'3", six, and like less than 200 pounds. Like, they're not the biggest team. They are not the, the, the biggest of bodies to be bouncing around. But they're able to weave in there, and I think they can create some opportunity. I think it's going to be probably, maybe mm, low 70 scoring game. I, you know what? I, I tend to agree. I think it's going to be lower scoring than you think. I think that this is the type of game where it all feels very ripe for Duke to win. Sure. Um, you know, when you think of the emotional side of it. I mean, the, People like to try to take emotion out of sports, and I'm not one of those people because, to me, sports is still human. These are human beings, and they got embarrassed. The last five minutes of that UNC-Duke game at Duke, Coach K's final home game, was embarrassing. UNC ran away from them. Uh, they had no answers defensively, Duke did. I think this what UNC ended up putting up close to 90 points. Didn't know how to defend the three. And here's the point that I was trying to make earlier with Manic. You know, talking about a guy who played 40 minutes in that game, right? He played the entire time. Seven for 16 from the field goal. 
five of ten from beyond the arc. He's a big boy who knows how to shoot beyond. You have to shut him down. If you're going to let him score, force him to the basket. Don't let him take this this open three shot. If Duke loses, to me, it'll be because they don't shoot the three well and UNC gets hot from three. That that, is as simple as that for Duke losing. But I do think that Duke, the young players getting an emotional bad loss like that loss they had to UNC at the end of the regular season, that also ages them that that it, it it gives them it opens their ears up more to the coaching for coach k and i definitely i hate to admit it because i'm one of those people who's always been more uh, more anti-duke because i'm and you know you hate excellence well yes you don't like success well when your teams like my teams always stink it's hard to it's hard to find love for the teams that always do well. I just admire the fact that they figured out a way to do it. They well, listen, Coach K is the greatest coach of all time in in the college ranks. I, John Wooden aside, I, listen, way before our era, John Wooden. Sure, but you can obviously look at the stats. But when John Wooden had to do it, it was a very different world in sports. You'll never see this again, though. You're never going to see a coach in a no, program for 42 years. You're not. You're absolutely not. And and to have the success that he's had, it is very very incredible. And Coach K. Uh, is the greatest. Uh, and I do think there is something building here for Coach K to go out on top. Um, I will take Duke in this because I think emotionally they're going to come out fired up. And if, and if and I think Paolo's going to have a big game, I think defensively they'll be able to tighten it on up. They've got to find a way to get Manic and Cabot in foul trouble. If they can get Agreed. UNC's big guys, and that's about being aggressive, driving the lane, don't settle for threes. Get in the lane. And uh, Williams, the big center for Duke as well, bang down there, get get Cabot, get get a Manic in some foul trouble early, so you can create some distance for yourself, and then force UNC to live and die by the three. Love scares me though. I'm telling you, if I if I'm picking Duke and I'm betting Duke, love is the one that scares me because that kid is fearless. He will jack up ten threes in the game just to do it. Caleb Love, the uh, the St. Louis product, CBC is he grad. A St. Louis yeah, guy? Oh, yeah. Look at David. David's David is our St. Louis guy. St. Louis uh, correspondent. So we, <laughs> so we both have Duke. We both have Kansas. Obviously, next time I'm on the air next Saturday, we'll already have known who wins. Are you taking Duke to be Kansas then in your in your mind's bracket? I am, but I'm doing that based on what I want. Now, what yeah. could happen? I I, I think that Kansas blows out Villanova as we've already discussed. I, I could see Duke coming out to like a slow start. I think you're right. It's going to be emotional. I think they're going to want to prove it. But we've seen Duke be emotional yeah. and try and force it and get behind. So I, I think if Duke does win today, Duke does win it all. I, I, I tend to agree. I think they match up really well against Kansas and Villanova on that side of the bracket. UNC is just that emotional. It's an emotional hurdle for It's them. a rivalry. It is weird. Though. And it's never happened. I know. We've never crazy. gotten this. It's very crazy. That is that is one of those things that's been beaten to a, to a dead horse that, oh, my God, did you know they've never played? There's also that weird stat. This feels very like, um, you know, the parallels between Abraham Lincoln and JFK. Yeah. This feels very that like it's Coach K's hundredth matchup between UNC and Duke. He's fifty and forty nine. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. It also leads very well to be like he loses. You know what I mean? He. Um, let me ask you this: You're if you're a, a longer time Duke fan, and obviously I'm a sports fan, so I know Duke and I follow them. This doesn't feel like the Coach K championship Duke team, though. Well, I don't think you have a traditional Coach K in this position either. I think that Coach K has always been very demanding of his players. But I feel this year, I think he's more deliberate 
and making sure his players know he is proud of them and, and how they how they're taking command of moments to bring them wins. It's not that he's Probably. softer, but I think that well, he's Co- not softer. He tells the crowd to shut up still at his at his retirement speech. Yeah, I think that Coach K, um, you know, it's like a very green team starting at the season. Yeah. And the leaps in maturity that this team has made, and I think, you know, we mentioned the UNC loss at the end of the season. I mean, those are moments that humble you out, and they embarrass you in a way, and make you ups- make you step up your game. That, like I said, it ages young players. A loss yeah. like that ages young players. It opens their ears up. And, and listen, Coach K is the one who can take advantage of it. I, I do think this is Duke's tournament to lose at this point in time. When you look at the stats— if it's like the 100th or 101st meeting between two programs, that's not going to change his narrative at all. No. But a sixth championship yeah. does enhance it all. Oh, of course. I mean, if he's able to go out like this, I will say. Um, it's like Tiger Woods winning the 2019 Masters. Could have been done. It would have been perfect. Does he stop dyeing his hair if he wins? I don't, I don't know because I'm impressed. He's in his mid-70s. Uh, this the man darkest is, hair in the world. He is looking like he's only 58. I mean, that's impressive. <laughs> and, you know, he and the wife are going to have good retirement. Oh, sure. Go to Cancun. Oh, I'm sure. Pini galore. He'll be coaching, like, the Maui Invitational next year. Just like, hey, can I just get in there? I will say this. You see Roy Williams yeah. at UNC Games. I don't know if we see Coach K at a game next season. Maybe not. No, I, he probably steps away for a while. I think he has to. No, well, you know what? For he'll, his sake, he'll make like an ACC tournament appearance or something like that. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. To support his guy because it's his program. He's leaving it to his guy. What's his name? I can't think of his name now. Who's leaving the program to the assistant coach? I can't think of his name. But uh, yeah, no. Listen, I think. Um, and shout out. Can I? Can we just say shout out to Hubert Davis and UNC? Sure. Because. Hubert Davis was one of those when 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 Roy Williams retired. I was like, he's leaving the program to Hubert Davis. People were were shocked by that, and he has done an incredible job getting UNC to this point. Every guy on that team seems to buy into his yeah. his, his teaching philosophy, which is exciting because that's a program that you want to yeah. see competitive. UNC in the Elite Eight, in the Final Four, that's good for college and, basketball. And a program like UNC, I love that they are they were the, they kind of bit the bullet first on this, realizing, listen, Hubert's not going to be here for 20 years. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. Like, you don't have to find the guy who's going to be there for 20 years. That guy doesn't probably exist anymore. They don't exist anymore. Find the guy who can lead your program in this current era. The transfer portal era, it looks like Hubert Davis going to be very successful can duke find that as well and just a final thought for me think when we talk about the transfer portal and maybe it's influence on on this year's tournament what i do wonder is if it's exacerbated by the pandemic where you have some six-year yeah. guys that's yeah. going to go away so we You're might right. see this trend really be volatile over the next four to seven years yeah. coming out of all this yeah you're right all right uh you're listening on the market news talk 1070 khmo the khmo app when we come back david and i will talk golf Tiger possibly back. Some of the favorites who we look ahead to Augusta National. Uh, We're live and local on America's News Talk 1070 KHMO and the KHMO app. It's on the mark. Bad decision. For over 140 years, the Salvation Army has been lending a helping hand to a hurting world, all in the name of Christ. One way we do that is with wonderful words of life. Our 15-minute weekly radio program of music and Bible study. This is Bernie Dake inviting you to join us for Wonderful Words of Life, the radio voice of the Salvation Army. Wonderful Words of Life, Sunday mornings at 8.15 on KHMO and KHMORadio.com. KHMO and the free KHMO mobile app. 
Welcome on back to On the Mark here on News Talk 1070 KHMO and the KHMO app brought to you by Cunis Honda Hyundai, your number one Honda and Hyundai dealer in the tri-state area, 221 North 36th Street in Quincy. Faith, family, giving back, that's Cunis Honda Hyundai. They are hiring right now. Go see them. If you want to work for one of the top 100 dealers, according to Auto Works Magazine, uh, in the country to work for, Cunis Honda Hyundai is hiring, and uh, they're looking for great people. So whether you have sales experience or not, check them on out. Tell them. Mark Sencha. All right. Um, really quickly before we jump into Hesman headline number two, did you hear the story about Eric Church? Yeah, he canceled his tour so he could go see UNC play. Eric Church is a giant UNC fan. He canceled tonight's concert in San Antonio to be at UNC Duke. And people were livid. Mad at the. If you had tickets to that show, would you be mad? I I would I would be frustrated because probably you have folks who have been wanting to go to this concert for two years and haven't yeah. been able to see them. So they sell the tickets, they buy the tickets. Now are the tickets being refunded? That's the one thing I cannot find out. I've read three articles on the he story. Refunded everything. Then I'm not mad. You gave me my but, money back. But you, if you traveled, you know what I mean. You bought a hotel. You do all these other things that come on into town. Well, hopefully you can get your hotel refunded. He is a he is doing a uh, a free makeup concert. He announced. So um, he he's. That's it's all good. Yeah. We're good. Go enjoy the UNC game. I hope they lose, but I w- I can totally understand it. Like if I'm dr- if I'm getting ready to go see this concert and all of a sudden they announce it as a person. If it was for something non sports related, I'd be angry. But because I'm a sports fan, I'm like I get it. Sure, if I'm the chief. I'm going to be front row for UNC. Duke. I mean, if he gets an invite to be like front row of John Williams' final performance, yeah. I would also want to see yeah. that composer live too. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I, I'm just trying to think of other scenarios. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, let's move on. Hespin headline number two. Hespin's headlines on the mark. Welcome to the best weekend in golf. Uh, we are at Masters Week. It is the most important golf event of the year, the most important golf tournament of the year, um, and I think that the thing that um, golf does the best of any uh, of any of the and so any sport that's not football I call an ancillary sport. Okay, yeah, basketball included, baseball, all of them. But of the ancillary sports, hockey, basketball, baseball, golf, NASCAR, they own one week of the calendar, no matter what. And 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 that is so insp- is so important in the sports world when the NFL is doing what they're doing in free agency and all this stuff and they dominate the talk. They own a, a week of the sports world every year, the Masters Week. They get it, and um, it is so exciting. Is the commercials, the 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 venue? I love the golf has the mobility with the other three majors that go to different courses, but they have one course that consistently says, "All right." This is where you measure yourself, and everyone gets to measure themselves every year on this one incredibly beautiful, seemingly easy, but maddeningly difficult course uh, that is Augusta National. Have you ever been? I have not. It's a bucket list. I, I know. I do the lottery every year and just haven't gotten there yet, but if I get drawn, I'm going. I mean, yeah. I made that decision. So, uh, but David Amelotti joining us here on the show this morning, and David is uh, one of my golf experts. I gave you a little crap on Twitter the other week because you were talking about Justin Thomas as an underdog yeah. kind of a, uh, a to win the Masters, and I'm like, well, wait a minute. He's one of the favorites. So, let's start. Let, let's get the, the elephant out of the wood, or should I say the tiger out of the, out of the room first. Is Tiger going to play? I want to hear him talk following this practice round on Tuesday. Okay. I think it's really exciting. This is the power of Tiger Woods. People were tracking the flight of his plane on radar. I know. Seeing him leave from Florida, going to Augusta. I would love to see it happen. Yeah. 
the last time we heard him talk a month and a half ago, he was talking about the demands of walking four rounds of competitive golf, plus the warm-ups, yeah. plus the pro-am, how demanding that is on the body. Yeah. He's just played 18 holes with Charlie at Augusta to test things out. We haven't heard anything yet. I would expect something Monday or Tuesday hearing that announcement that he plays. Yeah. He would not fly out there. If Tiger Woods is in his mindset saying, okay, we're going to fly, we're going to test it out, this man... This is the last straw, whether he thinks he can win. He's not going to play Augusta to finish in the you know the top 25 or just make the cut. Yeah. He will only play if he thinks he has a legitimate play, uh, legitimate chance to win. Yeah, I tend to agree. I think, uh, you know, because what's interesting is you get a lot of fans like, well, what do you mean? He he just at the, at the end of 2021 played a whole thing with Charlie. And it's he, in the cart. Well, it's in the cart. It is, it is completely different, especially when you're talking about the injury that he suffered with the, you know, almost having to have his foot amputated. Right. And the, the leg rehab. amputated. And we haven't had to see, we haven't seen the, you know, the kind of battle scars. You know what I mean? You kind of, you wonder what that looks like. Well, when you, the World Golf Hall of Fame ceremony was a couple weeks ago. Tiger was honored, brought into the Hall of Fame. Yeah. He actually walked in wearing shorts and nothing covering up that leg. And it, it obviously looks like a different leg now. But we've also seen him walk medalist in the last week. A video leaked on Twitter, and you're seeing him rip drivers. He looks like he is in form. He has his speed. It's it's going to be that swing yeah. we've seen the last couple of years. I'm excited. I really think I think he's playing. The thing about Tiger is too. I mean, when he won them, it was 2019. He won the Masters. Yep. And you know that was such a culminating moment of like, oh my gosh, Tiger is back. Yes. And he really was back, and he he had a really great season. Yes. And then these this. Tragedy happens with the car accident, the start of 2021, and you say to yourself, oh, that's got to be it. So this, it's like the comeback for the fourth time, it feels like, for Tiger. And you know what? In a, in a, in a sense, I'm exhausted for him, but in, the, but in the sense of as a fan of golf, I want nothing more than to see Tiger Woods competing at Augusta National. Tiger Woods wants to exceed his expectations, and he's looking at Ben Hogan, who was in a yeah. severe car crash. I think it was in like 1937 or something, and he came back. He won six majors following that car crash. Yeah. And so Tiger is saying, this is the new bar. I always said, uh, post-2009 after the scandal, Tiger Woods will never be back until he wins a major. It took him until 2019, yeah, and it's years. probably – it might be the greatest sports moment in my lifetime. I would tell you it's in it's in the top five. And he moves the needle. Think about this. Scotty Shuffler, the world number one right now, he's won three times in almost two months. He went from world number – he was uh, from his first win on tour back in January or early February to the point where he became world golf number one, 47 days. It's the fastest thing ever. His latest uh, tournament win, he won like $3.1 million. Yeah. Okay. Those guys weren't making – Seven hundred thousand dollars, twenty five, thirty no. years ago no, on Tiger tour. Tiger Woods is the reason why that yeah. purse money is so high now. It's incredible. Yeah. And so, and so, yeah. My my guess is Tiger plays. I think he plays. If he plays, I agree with you. He's playing because he has. A, he feels he has a chance to finish top twenty five. He makes the cut. Yeah. I, I, he wants to play because he thinks he wins. I think realistically, yeah. I would be happy if he just made the cut. He knows where to miss. Tiger, yeah, I agree. He knows where to miss on that course better than anybody else. Yeah. Um, all right. Looking ahead, just really quickly before we move off Tiger. If Tiger is back and he plays Augusta, do you expect him to then play in the other majors this year? I think the most realistic is the Open. It's at St. Andrews, yeah, traditionally knows, flat course. He knows it. My only concern there, well, yeah, great history there for him, too. The only concern is the weather. Yeah. What does 
wet wind dew on that body at 46 years old. I, I think it could be a real challenge. If the weather cooperates, he, he could be surprisingly dominant. And that's the funny thing. The other the other thing that just you just when saying it there, like you know it, you know Tiger is forty six years old. And you forget it's like, well, he had all those years after oh nine before the nineteen Masters win where it's like, Well, his back. Well his knee So many surgeries. So he's got so many other things and now we're like, Oh well, how is his leg? Well it's like, well his leg almost got to get amputated. But yeah, you forget that he's got spinal fusion surgery and he's forty six years old. This man to get to eighteen majors still, and I think it's very safe to say if he doesn't have the scandal, if he doesn't have the, the issues oh, with his would. back, yeah, if he would. doesn't injure himself trying to do Navy SEAL training, this man has twenty five majors. There's no doubt in my mind. Yeah. But his greatest chance at even tying Jack Nicholas at this point, success at Augusta, and yeah. then hoping for favorable, flatter conditions, open and with the PGA. He needs to win probably at least another green jacket. That gets him to sixteen. Yep. And then he's got you're absolutely right. He's gotta find some way by before fifty. It won't be the US Open. It, the conditions are too yeah. difficult. Yeah. And I think that with the open, those the link style courses, he could have success even later, you know, in his early fifties. I'm one of those who I have no problem saying Tiger's the greatest golfer of all time, even though he doesn't have the majors to compete with Jack. I, sure, I, I have no I have no qualms saying that just because of yeah the pro, the projections we all could make, and we just use your eyes, just watch that run from '99 to '09. You know, ninety really ninety seven oh nine. I mean, sure, there were two runs really. If you think about it, ninety seven to two thousand two, two thousand four to oh nine. It was exceptional. It's the greatest yeah. stretch of golf that we've seen. Um, yeah, so I'm excited. I, I hope I hope a knock on wood. Tiger's playing this week. So beyond Tiger, let's go through it. Um, the um, there are five, top five betting favorites. Um, the number one, the favorite going into this week that I've seen at nine to one, John Rahm. What John Rahm's best finish is a fourth place finish. Uh, John Rahm is a guy who's been at top of the world rankings. Uh, he is a uh, a major champion. John Rahm is uh, a, a guy who can hit it long. I love John Rahm's uh, ability to stay calm, cool, collected. It's kind of that Spaniard. Um, you know, he's the opposite of Sergio. That's gets- funny that you say that though, because John Rahm does get really emotional at times. And yeah. it costs him tournaments. Well, yes, but he but he is one of those guys that going into tournaments, he's yeah, he's a level headed guy. He's married, he's got his family. Um, what are your takes on John Rahm this week? I here's the thing. John Rahm, when he can get in a zone and, and he is in the lead, you see him in a in a in a zone that he can't be touched. Yeah. But if he presses too hard, he makes mistakes. He visibly beats himself up he on does. the course. I think he gets in the way. I think that when I'm looking at those who are going to really compete, I'm thinking Scotty Scheffler because he's having the – no one is playing better golf in the world right now than Scotty Scheffler. Yeah. I think you have to take Spieth seriously. Justin Thomas surprised me with the WGC Deltac match play this past week um, or well, two weeks ago. Spieth going out the first round. Spieth and JT are uh, tied for third best odds at 13-1. to 1. Um, they have well, actually, no. Tied for second best odds. They're both thirteen to one. Jordan Spieth and Justin Thomas. Spieth has won it. Now that was twenty fifteen. That was seven years ago. That's crazy to think about. That feels like a lifetime ago. Jordan Spieth was supposed to be the next, you know, unstoppable Rory McIlroy. You know, they've all come and gone. Sure. And they, they, you know, have had their run. Um, to me. Um, uh, I think I agree with you. I think Spieth is a little, still a little bit of a head case. JT, for some reason, Augusta just seems like it always falls out of reach uh, somewhere in the weekend for him. 
And um, and but I but J- JT's game is one very similar to Tiger's. It just fits Augusta National really well. Well, and JT does his practice rounds with Tiger. He, he played with Tiger on I Tuesday. Yes, I know. So he is observing. He's, I don't think he's asking fun. questions, but he is seeing yeah. where is Tiger missing certain shots? Yeah. Where is he trying to put his approach shot? Like he is documenting that stuff. I think that knowledge over time is valuable because Tiger did the same thing with Freddie Couples. Tiger played yeah. with Freddie Couples. Freddie, of course, winning in heroic fashions in 92. Uh, that that knowledge is valuable for these players. So you like Scotty Scheffler. You like JT. Let me ask you about a couple other guys. Uh, Dustin Johnson, his, his chance is the 2020 winner. Where is he at this week? I like to see him bounce back. Had a great run with the match play event. I thought he was going to win the whole thing. Will he surprised that he fell short there. But, yeah, he wins in 2020. Hideki Matsuyama, obviously, the most recent uh, green jacket bearer. Yeah, I think I think DJ has a real opportunity to come back and take the jacket back, and that's always the real fun. I love in the mid two thousands where you had Phil and Tiger flip flopping the jacket. Yeah. It would be really cool if because Hideki is He's one great. of the best golfers in the world. Matsuyama's fantastic. When that moment where he wins and as he's walking off the green, his caddy bows to the course. Oh. That made me emotional. It makes me emotional every time I see it. It's just spectacular. I I think that DJ has a real opportunity here. All right, finally, I want to ask you about uh, Rory and Morikawa. What are your thoughts on Rory, big name? He's just, he's had so many opportunities to get himself a green jacket, and they've all blown up in his face. And Morikawa, to me, is he's the guy who's poised to be really the next. Him and Brooks Kepka. I'll ask you about Brooks as well. Can I throw Brooks in there as well? If I had to pick you, my two favorite golfers beyond uh, Tiger would be Morikawa and, and, and Brooks. I think they both get it. I think they're both superstar potential, and I like their games for very different reasons. So uh, McElroy, Morikawa, and Brooks, Kepka. what do you think about them? Rory has the game. I'm not sure what the issue is. I wonder if it's there's just so much responsibility off the course that he's not truly able to isolate himself for four days on Augusta and win. There's been multiple tournaments this year. He's lost, and you thought that he had complete control of. Um, I would say Morikawa would be my favorite. No disrespects to Rory. I would love. To, I want him to win a green jacket at some time. Yeah. But if you look at the numbers, the trajectory of Colin Morikawa's career, I mean, you're able to very quickly, just like we did with Spieth, Make these comparisons to Tiger, just like we did with Rory. Yeah. Rory, we thought. I mean, Rory has twenty. Oh, Rory's got four, three, four majors. Three. Four majors, twenty wins worldwide. Yeah. He's already got a Hall of Fame career established. Oh, he is, yeah, but Colin has, and the way he behaves on the course, the way he moves, it's yeah. very Tiger-like. So I, I would pick him over. Brooks is just something different. I, I would love. Brooks is so open about how he doesn't like to practice. Yeah, I know. If Brooks would just commit himself to every tournament that he plays, every twenty, you know, twenty twenty-five starts he gets. Yeah. I mean, I, I definitely think he has the capability of doubling his major total. The, the thing, and you know what the thing about it is, why I don't, I don't know if we'll ever see that. I don't know if we will ever, ever, ever see a guy get into that eight, nine, ten majors ever again because the, the money is so good. The money, the, the thing about it too is, Tiger was never motivated by the money, and Tiger grew up at a time in golf where the money was crap. Tiger made the money into something, and Tiger was never motivated by the money. But you you see these guys now. A guy like Brooks Kepka is a great example of uh, I'm worth seventy million dollars. Uh, you know, eighty. I got I got multi millions in the bank. I'm good enough to just go out there and keep competing, keep my sponsorships. I, I think part of it is that I think you see these guys. I think that's what happened with Rory. The responsibility of 
being the bear of a country, being the bear of Nike, the money comes into it and they have all the money in the world. You don't have that. You get as soon as you get to that, you're going to see a bunch of guys get three, four, two, three, four, maybe even five majors. But see, I don't think that's about the money. I think that's about the talent that's in the field. Well, the, part of it Jack too. Nicholas was not playing against this level of talent Everybody competition. Can drive three fifty. Yeah, I mean, and it's not even that. I, I think that if you took Jack Nicholas and put him in this era, he would be just as dominant yeah. because of the skill set, the technology. It, it's all flush. Yeah. But you've got 70 guys starting Saturday morning that are all capable of winning that tournament legitimately, and that wasn't yeah. the case 30, 40 years ago. So I don't think it's mo- money. Listen, these guys have so much money. That you're right. They don't care. So it should be all about the winning. I think Brooks is a guy who gets double-digit majors. I just think he needs a practice, but that's all he cares about. He doesn't practice for your Valero Texas Open he yeah. because he just cares about four tournaments each year. He and does. maybe the FedEx Cup because that's a nice $10 million check. It is a really nice check. I, I agree. I am. Um, uh, is there, you know, I got to look at the lines. I definitely will put some money on a couple long shots. The Masters is always one of those on, on Thursday, more, uh, you know, Wednesday evening. Put five bucks on a couple different people who you think who have some decent odds. Matsuyama, I think he's getting good odds. I love to see him go back to back. I'll always sprinkle maybe a little money on on a Brooks or a uh, uh, or or a Colin Morikawa as well. Don't uh, count out like a Joaquin Phoenix who's playing really good golf lately. You can Cameron see Smith. Cameron Smith. Berger is you know he's trying to figure himself out. There is a lot of exceptional talent that's going to be in this field that has a real chance of winning. I don't trust a Scotty Scheffler till he wins big. He's won three tournaments in seven weeks. What more do you want? This I man mean, is playing on a hot I hand. Know, but I just I don't trust him till he does it on a on a on a major stage. Well, and he's been talking about that. He's like, listen, I've proven that I can win and I can yeah. win again. So I know that now it, I need to go win a major. Yeah. So this guy's focused. I think he's dangerous. All right, there you go. Golf golf talk. Where else are you going to get golf talk like that? It's on the mark. News Talk ten seventy KHMO on the KHMO app. Take us anywhere. Hometown News Talk ten seventy KHMO. And the free KHMO mobile app for your smartphone. All of us have felt the effects of isolation during this pandemic. So we can understand a little how some veterans feel. But they will feel like that their entire lives, not just for a year. Over 30% of COVID survivors could experience PTSD. But many veterans have extreme cases of PTSD all their lives. Our most vulnerable veterans remain isolated at hospitals scared and alone but you can help help heal veterans with the support of citizens like you creates and distributes therapeutic art and craft projects for our veterans and military at no charge to them learn how you can help an isolated veteran through this desperate time visit healvets.org this message is furnished by help heal veterans a not-for-profit organization that has been helping veterans for over 50 years HealVets.org. Allergy forecast from the News Talk 1070 KHMO Weather Center. Highs around 55 today under partly cloudy skies with a slight chance for scattered showers. West winds 10 to 20 miles per hour. Tonight, lows around 35. Slight chance for scattered showers tomorrow. High of 63. Right now, 45. Welcome on back to On the Mark here on News Talk 1070 KHMO and the KHMY brought to you by Cunis Honda Hyundai, your number one Honda and Hyundai dealer in the tri-state area, 221 North 36th Street in Quincy. Faith, family, giving back, that's Cunis Honda Hyundai. Shop online, CunisQuincy.com. Tell them Mark sent you. All right, um, we uh, we move on to uh, a, a completely different topic. We're going to go uh, 
to the NFL. The owners' meetings uh, happen over the last week, and when this happens, you get the owners, the presidents, the GMs, the coaches are all in one spot. The media descends on them like flies on poop, and you get a bunch of quotes, right? And so we have uh, Mark Donovan, the president of the Kansas City Chiefs, saying, you know, the state of Kansas has been very, very flirty with us for the past couple years. And so it is something we will look into, possibly leaving Arrowhead and building a stadium in Kansas of Kansas City, on the Kansas side. And so um, as someone who's going through this as a Bears fan right now, city team relations, um, to me, there's there's a couple things. First and foremost, let me just state this. I firmly believe the Kansas City Chiefs will play out their current contract with Arrowhead through 2031. I don't see any concern about that. Um, but because now we are in that eight-year window of like, all right, the contract's coming on up, this is where the flirting begins. And this is where the state of Kansas can leverage themselves to try and maybe get something done if Kansas City doesn't play ball. These are the beginning of that conversation. Uh, you are a Chiefs fan. You've adopted the Chiefs, David. Emilati joining us here uh, since your Rams left St. Louis. So how do you feel about when you start to hear this? Ideally, what is your perfect scenario for the Chiefs playing football in, let's just say, the mid-2030s. What does that look like for you? We've seen how this goes wrong for a fan base with the St. Louis Rams. I yeah. mean, it's very similar. And if I'm a Kansas City Chiefs fan, I want them staying in Kansas City because I understand what an NFL franchise for a community means. Yeah. And Kansas City is one of those metropolitans that is growing at an exciting rate. And if that community loses an NFL franchise and it goes over the state border, I think that really hinders that community. Yeah. Here's the thing. When the Rams were trying to be wooed to stay in St. Louis, St. Louis made every effort. There was a great taxpayer bundle. It was a beautiful state-of-the-art stadium that was going to be on the riverfront. Uh, you saw taxpayer dollars willing to be committed to that. It didn't pan out. Scott, uh, Scott Cronkey, uh, Stan Cronkey decided he's going to L.A. no matter he what. He wanted to be there anyways. Yeah. But look at the precedent, though, that New York is now going to set with the Bills Stadium. Yeah. $800 million plus dollars in taxpayer money They're to fund a $1.7 billion stadium. for more than half. That's the new president. There's not enough owners in the NFL that can do what Stan did. Because ultimately, that stadium was $2 billion over budget, yeah. and he paid an overwhelming majority of that. I'm not trying to credit Stan Kroenke. He's a trash human. But, but. Yeah, and you're absolutely right. It's funny because we say it's billionaires, but these stadiums, to make them what you have to make them now, state-of-the-art, what you see in Atlanta, what you see in L.A., what you see in uh, in Minnesota with that beautiful new U.S. Bank stadium they got up there, to make them state-of-the-art, to make them – um, incredible venues for the next 20 plus years, 25 years, you got to be spe- willing to spend three, four billion dollars in billionaires. There, yeah, you're a billionaire, but that doesn't mean you can write a check for four billion dollars to build me a stadium. You have to build, I, your fan base gets rocketed. And I would be concerned if I'm Kansas City moving into Kansas, I don't know how. You'll have the diehard stay committed, yeah. but I don't think it's a big game. You have the St. Louis market on top of Kansas City now because the Rams are gone. I will say this uh, really quickly because we got we got to hit at the break. I will say this. I think it's a lot of flirting, but keep your eyes on the fact of what the Royals are doing because the Royals are going to set the, a lot of the precedent because they want to be downtown. And you look at smaller metropolitan cities, Detroit, things like that, what they've done to uh, – 
put their stadiums just all downtown. The new Little Caesars, where Comerico, and the Ford Field. You could literally throw a football between the three stadiums. And it's an incredible, incredible thing for the economy, for the team. Great atmosphere. It's yeah. a great atmosphere. So they want to be downtown. They want. They don't want to be out just there in a big parking lot area. The Royals, and, and, and it's crazy because Kauffman and Arrowhead are two iconic stadiums. Sure. But both the teams know that if they could just be in the downtown or right attached to downtown – the value skyrockets. So that new Kansas City stadium, though, is going to be a lot cheaper than for the Royals. It'll be a lot cheaper yeah. than what the NFL is going to demand for the I stadium. Know. So it's so you got to it's it's a lot of flirting right now. But I do think Chiefs fans have to prepare, like Bears fans have to prepare. Your team will not play in Arrowhead in by 2040. It's going to be too old to renovate. It's like it, it, the NFL is going in this way. Teams, you're going to get new stadiums. You're going to move. So in order for that to happen. I, you, you find a way. Missouri's got to find a way to keep them in Missouri on that side of the river. All right. When we come back, a couple quick hitter topics to wrap it up. We're live and local on News Talk 1070 KHMO. on the mark. I'm Paula Basta, the director of the Illinois Department on Aging. We have an adult protective services program that responds to abuse, neglect, and exploitation of persons 60 years of age or older and persons with disabilities between the ages of 18 and 59. To report suspected abuse, neglect, or exploitation of your neighbor, friend, family member, or even yourself, call 1-866-800-1409. All calls are confidential. That number again is 1-866-800-1409 or visit www.illinois.gov aging to learn more. Sponsored by the Illinois Department on Aging and this station. I'm Danny Schaefer, lifestyle content creator. My little brother had these piercing blue eyes like the ocean. He was just 33 when we lost him. My name is Darren Waller. I had it made, living my dream playing professional football. Then my life hit rock bottom. I had an accidental opioid overdose. If you know someone taking opioids, have a safety plan and talk about it. It can happen to anyone you know or love. It happened to me. Be prepared. Learn how at reversedsilence.org. Hometown News Talk 1070 KHMO. Welcome on back to On the Mark here on News Talk 1070 KHMO and the KHMO app. Uh, brought to you by Cunis Honda Hyundai, your uh, number one Honda and Hyundai dealer in the tri-state area. Over 3,000 new news vehicles to choose from. Faith, family, giving back. That's Cunis Honda Hyundai. Joined with David Amelotti. We have two minutes left of the show. Uh, a lot of Tiger talk. I want to quickly ask you, um, Albert Pujols back with the Cardinals. Cardinals, give me your outlook for them as a diehard fan uh, for the 2022 season. I don't know. I don't know if this team can win a World Series today. Yeah, but it's a team that's built to win the NL Central with ease. The DH coming to the NL is huge. You have Albert hitting against lefties. You have Dickerson hitting the righties. Albert is embracing this role. He's basically taking league minimum to to come yeah. back to St. Louis, and he's a 300 hitter against left-handed. Uh, pitchers. The guy needs 21 home runs to get to, to 700. Yeah. I think if you get him 230 at-bats, there's that potential that, that he makes it happen, but I think trying to get him to 200 plus at-bats this season could be really difficult. It's going to be very situational. Yeah, and the Cardinals never need help selling tickets. They are such a rabid fan base, but this, this helps. Is, this is a road show. It's a little bit of a road show. Talk about a bounce back from the pandemic. You're going to yeah. see three and a half, three 3.5 million tickets sold easy. 
it, you got him and Molina and Wainwright and this kind of final get your chance to say goodbye to this era of Cardinals baseball. It's been over a decade since the Cardinals won a World Series. It's really cool that he played 11, 11 seasons in St. Louis. Yeah. He goes to Anaheim and now he's coming back. There's a whole generation that didn't get to see Albert yeah. in person and this is this is really exciting as a Cardinals fan. I, I would agree. Uh, really quickly, um, uh, uh, that's it. That's it. <laughs> We got no time. That's the show. That's the show. Thank it's you, been fun. David, Dan, thank you so much. This was a blast. This was a blast. I, I love it. Hopefully everyone, uh, listeners, enjoyed something a little different as opposed to me just yelling at you for for an hour about, uh, about uh, you know. Chicago Bears. Yeah. The NFL. Or, or whatever else. NBA. Lakers are terrible. Yeah. Oh, the Lakers are. Abysmal. So awful. That's another show. Uh, enjoy the final four tonight. We're both on Duke and Kansas. It's on the mark. News Talk 1070 KB.